Thanks for tuning in to Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We're on episode 26. My co-host with me today is... Martin Robbins, formerly from the Head to Head Pinball Podcast. What, what are you doing here? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I was on my, my self-imposed hiatus and you sort of messaged me and said, hey, just heard the news. Do you want to come on the show? And I thought, yeah, why not? It's been a while. Why not? Give it a go. Get off the beach with your gin and decide to come join us for a moment. That's <laughs> yes, pretty much what's happened. <laughs> so I want to explain to everyone out there, Scott has not left the show. The dude is a superhero. Like, he's donating his time right now. He's down in Guatemala. Uh, he's he's doing his anesthesiologist stuff down there with helping with cleft palates with children. And so he's gone for uh, eight days. And I figured Martin might need something to do and so we decided to record this thing you know <laughs> yeah that's true true i do need something to do it's been a month since i've been off so uh, yeah happy to come on board how, how is retirement treating you versus that and everything uh look so let, let's let's talk about all of them the reason why you know head to head finished and while i took a break as well so i just got to the end of 2019 and i was pretty burnt out from a tough year. Um, pretty much work was pretty tough. So I decided that I wanted to take, uh, let's call it a career break, but almost a bit of a life break where I just wanted to have a few months just to myself, just to recharge the batteries fully and then you know see where life's going to take me. And part of that was determining whether I was going to continue with the Head to Head Pinball podcast because it was still getting great numbers. People were still downloading it and, you know, still lots of interaction with our fans, which was great. But I just felt that there was a lot of good podcasts out there. We were one of many. I, I just felt maybe it's time to just rest it and let others rise to the surface. That was very generous of you. And then like... Mm. Half the community quit too. With like, if Martin's given up, the rest of us are giving up. Right. So, so let's talk about that because that's that's really interesting. Because we did put that announcement out there that the podcast is finishing, and then two others, then three, and I think all up five, maybe five podcasts have all come to an end. And then there's these rumors of this new mega conglomerate that's forming and people were saying, oh, you know, all of them quit to do this. And and I just wanted to say on the record, I knew nothing of this. In fact, when I put out that notification that um, Head to Head was coming to a close, I just had all these people message me saying, oh, well, now that, now that you're not doing that, do you want to join this show or do you want to join this show or there's a new show? And Joe had the same thing as well. So I know he's going to a podcast as well. I'm pretty sure it's public knowledge that he's now going to the Pinball Players podcast, which is an awesome show. So that's great that he's found a home. And I think I may have found a home. Really? Well, and I know that Jeff Parsons did actually post it this morning. He said a play, Pinball Players podcast 2.0. So it is official that jo, uh, Joe will be over there. So Yeah. Oh, and the history to that was that I think about a day after I asked Joe to be the co-host of Head to Head, he was asked 
to join the Pinball Plays podcast. And he was like, oh, sorry, I'm now going to head to head. So it was really, it was a good, it was obvious for me, but a good decision for him to go to Pinball Plays podcast. Because I know that him and Jeff are good mates. So I reckon that'll just go from strength to strength. Oh, yeah. And well, and Jeff is, he talks about the competitive scene. Joe's into the competitive scene. It, I think it's a match being into heaven. I think he'll sound really good. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, the funny part, though, is, is like, like you said, there was like some super conglomerate. Um, okay. You, you've dropped so many. We got to sift through all this really quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I can tell you. Okay. So the funny part is, is the the day that, that Twip and special one lit both uh hung up the reins so to speak um we were joking that you guys were straight uh, creating a super band like you know when guns and roses lost axel rose and so they got the main singer stone temple pilots and made velvet revolver and so we're like there's like a super band coming out and that's that's just the joke i started coming up with and people started i don't know between that and then dead flip with his network thing and I mean, this is really snowballed into a thing. And so, so I, I'm like, I've known for months now when I came on to head to head a little while ago, uh, you know, we kind of discussed this. He said, I, you know, just depending where the, the fork lands in the road depends where everything gets picked up here in a little bit. And so I knew that you were kind of deciding whether or not to keep going, but I didn't say anything because, you know, sure. out of respect to you. But thank you. Um, I just it was it was funny to me because I started getting messages before you announced it and i guess it started floating around in disc and and they're asking me what's going on i said i don't know you're gonna have to ask martin <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's good to to see that we can generate that much hype i guess for not saying anything um but you look obviously in in the four weeks leading up to the announcement i was getting a lot of messages from people saying are you coming back are you coming back and it was really hard to give non-answers, but that's what I really had to do was to say, well, sure, maybe, yeah, I guess so. Let's let's see what happens after I've had the four-week break, really was what it was. So I got to the end of the, the four weeks and decided that what I really didn't want was responsibility, effectively, and that was part of, you know, qu- quitting my job and just having some downtime without responsibility and... That was the, the podcast. And with, with the podcast, I was producer as well as host. So it was a lot of work to do both. And, you know, what's been presented to me as a possible way forward with something else is just be the host. Somebody else does all the hard work in the background. And that's really appealing. Nice. Well, now now you got to tell us, if, if you can... Who has made you an offer that you couldn't refuse? Obviously, I can't tell you, but I can tell you that oh. no, I no, I can't. I obviously can't, um, that's and that's fine. been that's really fine. difficult because obviously everybody has been reaching out to me about the network because people have assumed that head to head quit the show at the same time as Special When Lit and Twip because of the same reason, and it's just not true. We it's just a happy coincidence. Um, but what I will say is, and maybe by the time this podcast airs, people will know more. So I, I, I've just come on at the last minute. So I don't want to be the spokesperson for something that's been organized for a very long time. That's totally understandable. But now you've got everyone's whistle wet and they're going to be like, <laughs> it's, good, it's good to know that you're not leaving, though. Well, that, that, that's fine. Very flattering for you uh, to think so. But remember, and, and you and I have had these conversations before and after when we've recorded because we tend to actually speak 
spend probably just as much time talking before we record as the amount of time we record. Um, kind of like you in that we just started head-to-head oh, just as a, as a bit of fun because there was a gap in the market in Australia. Pinheads had just finished. So we were just doing a podcast for Australians and then it just started snowballing and snowballing. But in my head, I still think of me as being that person that just made a small little dinky podcast for the Australians. So, uh, you know, people reaching out to me saying, I hope you're doing something. I hope you do something. It's really flattering and, and humbling because I just don't see myself as being that important, I guess. I know exactly what you mean. I've, I've had that exact same situation, not necessarily to what I feel is your level, but I have had people come up to me, um, like people in our group here in the Salt Lake area have moved away. And one of the gentlemen that moved away, he had said, Scott and Josh, it's crazy because now I live in North Carolina and and these people know you. And I've told them I used to play with you guys in league and I've come become like a little mini celebrity <laughs> amongst these people in North, North Carolina. And I'm like, why? We just record and, and shoot the breeze. It's not like we do anything magical. You know what I'm saying? No, I know. But I kind of do get the flip because I remember the very first time I met Nate Shivers from Coast to Coast, and this was at Indisc, and I was like this really shy, sort of, you know, really nervous person going up to him going, hi, Nate, my name's Martin. And he was just like, hey, cool, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And, and that was kind of how I felt about Nate Shivers. He was just this entity, you know, this really famous people, this really famous person in our bubble. And every time I listen to him, I have a connection to this person and now I'm meeting them. So I, I understand logically how it feels the other way, but it still feels strange. It, it does. Well, and it's funny because like we're in the same state as Jeff Rivera and Jeff has done the pinball podcast for what, nine years now? Years. I, I guess they haven't. Yeah, he's done it forever. And whether he's doing it now or not, who that 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 is the question mark but i actually didn't know it was him doing the podcast and i was going to league nights with him right okay and and i'm listening because he's you guys and him are the first guys that got me introduced as i'm trying to dig deeper into pinball and it didn't dawn on me one day i can't remember what it was but like finally it got posted on facebook or something like yeah jeff's gonna be there from the pinball podcast and i'm like wait a minute what Jeff Jeff Rivera like wait a minute <laughs> and then I, it clicked like one and one and one make two and and our tournament director's like yeah he's our own little Batman is what we call him here because he doesn't want anyone to know who he is yeah. he's such a super <laughs> so, nice guy I was really pleased that I got to meet him I think the time that I met you for the first time yep so it, it's weird how that works right right so, yeah absolutely so anyway the head-to-head is dead <laughs> Is is the the full stop I'll put on that. Uh, I'm just really pleased, first of all, that uh, Joe has found a new home. That was my big concern, and poor thing, he was he was a bit blindsided by it. He wasn't really sure what was going on, and he really found out the day before the announcement was made, and obviously really disappointed. And he's been phenomenal for the show. I mean, he came on at a time when I was questioning whether it was going to go ahead because I was doing all these different weekly uh, guests and that was really hard work. 
And then he came on board and took it in a new direction. I really liked the Joe Tips the Top 100, um, and it was really good. So I'm really pleased that he's found a home. Well, good. Well, and, and we're pleased as well. We like listening to Joe. Uh, I don't know if you guys could see behind the scenes. We talk a ton. As long as <laughs> Martin talks to us if he's awake. So right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wake up and there's like a hundred messages. And I'm like, oh, how am I going to catch up on this? <laughs> but it, it seems like there's a, a daily conversation that For gets sure. started between the all of us, and it just yeah, yeah, so absolutely. So, so it's it's been a month. Has anything happened like whilst I've been gone? Because one of the one of the weirdest things really about taking this break is, you know, each week for the Head to Head podcast, I've got to be in tune with all the news and all the happening that's going on because we always did our own research. I think we said this before because, you know, the, this week in pinball. That was pretty much the website was updated straight after we recorded. So we would have to go and research our own topics. So I've really been out of the loop with pinball goings, and that's a really strange feeling. Well, you know, Jeff Patterson took a break, so there wasn't like a ton of information coming in from TWIP. And it just seemed like between the Twippies on January 1st opening and Stranger Things and whatever we're going to dub that now <laughs> and and just the the weird amount of drama in between everything it's i don't know if you'd say any, in in the pinball realm honestly nothing's happened besides ces and the reveal of a stranger things premium right um on on an official if you could see me quotes official <laughs> look i can see your quotes so um it's been a weird month. It feels like a ton's happened, but nothing's happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. I guess that because over that time, a lot of media, let's call them media outlets, did take a break. We haven't had that same stream of information coming our way. Yeah. It's been empty. <laughs> so. <laughs> so the other question I have, too, is if everyone's been bothering you about the uh, – well, not bothering. What's the word I'm looking for? If everyone's been asking you about the network stuff, do you know anything of what's happening with Special One Lit or This Week in Pinball? Yes. <laughs> and you're going to leave it at that? Correct. Okay. <laughs> well, so, uh, look, again, let's talk about me and, and the podcast. If throughout the, the two and a half years that we, we did a podcast, if someone gave me information and said, do not tell anyone, keep this to yourself, 100% of the time I would keep it to myself. And I'm in that situation at the moment. It, it's it's frustrating, but all will be revealed. I'm telling you, within the next couple of days, I'm sure. Well, and that's what's crazy to me. Like, you know, we've known each other for a while now, and I would mess I would message you, and you say, I, you know, I can't tell you. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I I, I don't know how you handle all these this information, and I, it's hard. And you get it from everywhere. I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie. We don't get very much information at all. I don't know if it's because I got a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know. I don't know what it is. But um it seems like every time I asked you something it's like it's like you'd write it down on a piece of paper what was going to happen so I would believe you later on so after it happened you're like see post dated everything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but again, if someone has specifically said to me do not say anything, my lips are sealed and that's that's not just in podcasting, that's my life as well. Like I think confidentiality is really important. I totally agree. Uh, makes it very frustrating, especially some of the information that we get told. Uh, case in point, if I can tell you, was uh, Rick and Morty. 
knew a lot about Rick and Morty. Couldn't say a thing. Like, how long did you know about Rick and Morty? I can't say that. <laughs> that's going to narrow it down. Oh, well, fine. But let's just say, let's just say before it was shown. Okay. That that sounds good. So, <laughs> so that's tough. It, it puts puts me and and I'm 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 not going to miss that part of feeling frustrated about information that I can't share. Well, I'm glad I don't feel that frustrated because I don't have any information to share. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, fair enough. But but also on that, we also get told a lot of information that's not true. Yes. So it's. Sometimes best not to say anything. It just depends on the source. Sometimes you've got a reputable source that always gets it right, and then there's just wild speculation that comes from it. So, um, you know, for example, we were told someone sent us a note saying that um, I think it was they were saying maybe Jersey Jack was going to be doing a Matrix machine, and I think we may have spoken about it at the time. And we would, I don't know, I was losing my stuff over it because it's such a dream theme, but. I don't know. Is it going to happen? Is it not? Who knows? Well, that's the crazy part too. You've got to kind of sift through it because I have had some really weird, let's put accusations (laughs) come our way (laughs) of companies that are going to be doing stuff. And I'm like, no, like until I hear someone else more credible, (laughs) convinced to say that. So I I, I get where you're coming from on that point, but Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So trust is important. Yes, I totally agree. And so, we really, I say that we haven't, we've, we've gotten a little information over time, but it's nothing. I don't know. We don't really share it unless we're told we're allowed to. So yeah, fair enough. But anywho, mm. other than that. So how is the beach? How is gin? How's, how's the family? How's, well, everything is wonderful. Uh, the, the biggest new addition in my life is my, my new kitten that I got called Winston, who's a British short hair, who's absolutely adorable. Um, and is currently tearing up the house. So he's keeping me busy. The gin is fresh and delicious at the moment. Um, but uh, look, uh, one thing I will say is obviously over the last four, five weeks, you would have heard all about Australia, right? Oh, yes. And we have had really hot weather and we've had, we've had the, the double threat. We've had really hot weather and really high wind. Mm. And that wind just... A spark happens, starts a flame, and that flame is just spread. And you would know that there's just been so much devastation of Australia. And and I'm lucky in that I'm in a effectively, I would say, a 20-minute walk from the city of Melbourne. So I'm close to the, the central area. So we are never going to be in any danger. But there have been some days where the the smell from the smoke, which has been... I don't know miles to kilometers, but let's just say 200 to 300 miles away, uh, we can smell the smoke from that here. And, and apparently there's like smoke has been smelt in South America that's come over the, the ocean from Australia. That's how bad it's been. So it's, it's crazy. It's, it really is crazy. The, the other part too is, is I never realized how big Australia it's was huge. until someone sent us a diagram of Australia over the top of America and it's pretty much the same, the same size. size. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I couldn't imagine what, what's the percentage you'd say that Australia is on fire? Oh, I would say probably 15 to 20%. So to put that in perspective, that's like, that'd be, Oh, Colorado over to, to Missouri, 
you know, up to Nebraska, down to Texas, that, that, that'd be about 20%, not the bottom of Texas. So let's go to the top. But I mean, that's a pretty good chunk. Mm, yeah. 15, 20%. That's crazy. Yeah. Apparently, uh, I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't know whether we want this have a claim to fame, but apparently it is one of the biggest bushfires in history ever. They, they reckon over a billion animals have died. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy stuff, right? But I have seen the outpouring of people. I mean, Lauren from the Back Box Pinball Podcast, she helped with the charity getting that pushed out for you guys there in Australia. Uh, it's it's amazing. I saw people dropping. They, like, bought up helicopters to drop carrots and celery and stuff yep. so the animals had yep. food. Yep. Because yeah. there's just nothing. Mm. There's nothing in between where the animals were living. And so. Yep. And that, so that's what it's been. So so when you talk about how it's like, it's 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 hot day today and and it's windy. So you just never know what's going to happen. Which is the total opposite of us. I, yes. I'm hitting single single digits here in Utah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so that's how life's been. It's been pretty relaxing for me. But I'm I'm sort of missing my pinball fix. I'm still streaming though, so I still get to play. I'm just not in the loop with podcasts. Well, that's what's funny too is I I was nervous to bother you because you are on on vacation, and so I'm like I'm without Scott this week, and I'll ask Martin because they've now officially announced, and and maybe he'll say yes. And like it wasn't even a hesitation. It's like yes, I'll be on. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah, okay. that's pretty Sounds much good. it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's let's hit some of the news. Okay, go. Um, let's see. Okay, did you watch the Stranger Things premium reveal with Dead Flip last week? I watched all of it. Yes. Oh, what? Okay, I want your initial because rep- uh, you guys pretty much quit before anything was really shown on Stranger Things, right? Correct. I think so. Oh no! You know what? Half half the podcast, the last podcast, half of it was recorded before, and half of it was recorded after. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I want your first impressions. What are you thinking of Stranger Things? Uh, okay. Well, ugh. can I can I answer that in two parts if you will humor me? Because there's there's my impressions and there's also impressions of the community before and after the stream. And the, 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 the impressions I got before, people were pretty cool on it in that they were okay. saying – I don't, I don't get it. I'm not sure about the layout. You can't hit the Demogorgon. Um, it just, uh, I don't know. And so in my mind, and maybe that's set my expectations pretty low, I went into that um, the dead flip reveal thinking, oh, this is going to be a bit ho-hum. And I watched it for as long as it went. And the more I watched it, the more I now just want to freaking play this thing. It looks great. I really enjoy how they've integrated the um, the projector, and he was very quick and often mentioned that they were in a very well lit room, and you could really see the projector, and it's integrated really well. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think it was cool to see the jackpot letters on the ramps. It was a little hard to see, but I mean, granted, they were in a well lit room, but I felt like you could see that screen right there in the middle of the playfield as clear as day. With no yeah. problem, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But I cut it, you off. Keep going. No, 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 no. I'm. It, it's over to you to get your initial thoughts. You know, with the with the reveal of the premium, I think, like you said, I think the community. There's there's a part of the community that says this looks good. Uh, it looks fun. 
I just want to get my hands on it. And then there's sure. another side of the community that just wants to burn it to the ground. Like, what is going on? <laughs> it is one of those games that has no middle ground because it is, it's a really, I think it is, it's a really beloved theme. And you either do it justice or you don't, or you don't get the theme and therefore it sucks. What do you think? I, I don't know if it's just theme. I wonder if it's, I mean, Brian Eddy's games are all in the top uh, 20 of the, the pin side, which really doesn't make, mean much. But um, this this is a man that's been highly coveted for a while. I mean, Brian Eddy's yes. name yeah. was worth money. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I wonder if people are let down because they were expecting something more. I, I, I just don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I know exactly what you're saying. I think that was the initial disappointment. Everyone just looked at it. And, and I did the same. Again, it was one of those ones where I managed to perhaps see some images before it was revealed. And my first take on it when I looked at it was, oh, it looks just like Attack from Mars. Yep. And, geez, those colors are a bit bright. Because I just thought that the, the playfield art was almost fluorescent and I just didn't think it worked. But that's just in a static image. Now that I've seen it on the stream, I think it all integrates really well. Mm-hmm. I'm really pleasantly surprised, I've got to tell you. I am too. And I I think the other problem too is is it followed... I don't know why people keep skipping Elvira, but <laughs> they get in their mind that it followed Jurassic Park. And with Jurassic Park being Jurassic Park... I think people are expecting more as a follow-up. And so I, I think – Yeah. I just don't know. I, it does look fun. Well, that's I, what you get. You, you get you – get, I guess you get playfield – let's call it layout innovation okay. from, from Keith Elwin. I'd say layout innovation in that you're not necessarily getting too many things in it that are completely innovative unless you count the, the T-Rex head, which looks – freaking amazing as you know i've got a limited edition of it yes but the layout itself is very innovative it does things that others haven't and does it so incredibly well so then when you go back to well you look at straight after that you've got elvira and then you've got uh stranger things both of those machines are very i would say by numbers fan layout yep now I played Elvira, and it's fun. It is so much fun. And sometimes it's nice to have a machine where it's actually easier to hit the shots than being constantly punished for missing shots. So it it is actually every once in a while nice to have a simple layout. And I think that's Elvira. From what I've heard with Stranger Things is that it looks simpler than it is. The The shots are a bit tighter than they are in Elvira, so it still is a bit more challenging. And then, of course, as I said before, the Demogorgon doesn't always go in, although we saw in the premium it seemed to go in more than I thought it would. That's my take on it. I think the other tests that I take, living in Utah, were not a hotbed for pinball. We have a lot of machines out here, but the new stuff just doesn't roll in uh, as much as, as maybe the other states. And so we haven't seen a Stranger Things Pro yet. And we're pretty good if we're going to get a a Stern machine, we get it within a week or two after it's revealed or someone announces, hey, we've bought this and it's on its way. Um, Right. We're just not getting that. 
quarters has has told us they're going to get a premium, but we haven't heard a word since since from the the reveal uh, to now. So they they saw the promo video that got quote unquote leaked and was like, "We're buying this." And then after everything kind of like crap hit the fan, we haven't heard a word. So who who knows? And and even then, premiums take forever. So yeah, can we just make that point as well? Because I, I we sort of didn't mention it, but we okay prediction we had said on on the head-to-head podcast that uh stranger things will ship on the 23rd of december and that was i don't know four days before that and that's what happened when they revealed the video people were getting those machines that day yeah that's unheard of oh i agree and that's that's awesome and and just think about this what did stern have to go through to keep everyone silent, because that means they had to contract distributors. The distributors got to contact buyers. The buyers then have to say, yes, we'll buy it, but we won't say it a, a word to anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like the the in-depth yeah. of what had to go through all this to get those under the Christmas trees is crazy amazing, in my yep, opinion. Exactly. I, I think that they did very well. Uh, admittedly, how long has Brian Eddy been with Stern? I, I, I say that because that's how long this machine has been in development. So I think that it was pretty good to go as far as the development cycle goes. Yep. I um, agree. And I guess probably the other thing to talk about is the rules, really, um, because it was part of the, the initial feedback that I was getting. People were saying that they didn't really love the rules. But what I saw on that stream looked great, made sense. There was a lot of variation. There was the short game, the long game, the wizard game, all that kind of stuff happening at once. Fairly easy to understand. And people were were getting it. We saw a lot of the rules on the stream. Yep. And I think think people have come accustomed to when a Stern machine releases, they're not going to see much code. I think there's a decent amount of code here to to wet your whistle compared, sure. compared to what's been released. Unless if it's a yeah. Keith, Keith game, because apparently Keith just re- ships it off the line with everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So, yeah. So, we're, I think we are currently at 0.81, I think, of code. So, yeah, there's still some way to go. I mean, I know 0.81 doesn't give you an indication of how, how much time there is until you get to 1.0 code, but it sort of gives you an indication that it's somewhat complete. And usually at a point eight one stand means uh, the major features aren't in there yet. That usually happens around the point nine mark. I agree. So, well, I'm glad to hear a little positivity from it. It seems like there's been a little bit of negativity from it. And a little bit. <laughs> just, just a hair. Well, and what's crazy, yeah. what, what's crazy to me, and, and I'm not going to lie, we're, we're culprits of it too, but you've, it's like if, like you said, if the Matrix was a dream theme for you, Ninja Turtles is a dream theme for me. So I'm kind of like, okay, Stranger Things is out of the way. Now let's focus on Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, I can tell you now, only one of us at this stage has got the ability to be disappointed in the future. <laughs> because I can tell you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is coming. Woo! <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, look, if if... If the benchmark for success is it needs to be better than the Data East game, then you're going to be happy. Oh, I'll be super happy. I that was <laughs> because that's a terrible game. Oh, Left Ramp? Would you like Left Ramp? 
Mason left ramp. (laughs) (laughs) Paging Josh Sharp to the left ramp. Josh Sharp to the left ramp. For those who've never played the Data East Ninja Turtles, there's a reason I bought it for a thousand bucks. Like, Mm, yeah, a a modern era pinball machine. And this is just my opinion. When people try to get like twenty five hundred out of that machine, I think you're nuts. Like, I know that Mm, there's a don't do it. It's no, yeah. Go go pump some quarters (laughs) at the local pizza place because I guarantee that's where. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's not great. No, It, it feels like an unfinished game. That's the best way I can describe it. Like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, terrible. So that is, that is the nice part for me. My dream theme, so long as it's better than the data East, I'm good to go. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. As long as that's your benchmark for success. But a lot of people out there that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is their dream theme might not feel the same. And it, there's serious expectations, but I guess that's the... That's the risk that you you do with with these themes. I would argue you've got it much easier with band themes because yep. you, there's not stories that you need to tell or you know feelings as part of those stories that you need to replicate as part of the pinball experience. You've just got to put songs in there, really, and yep. draw the bands well. That's all. Well, and and the thing with Ninja Turtles, I think that puts a lot of minds to rest that have been officially, unofficially confirmed, or whatever you want to call it. You know, we we keep hearing Zombie Eddie, Zombie Eddie, Zombie Yeti is on art, which, I mean, no one's going to complain at Zombie Eddie art. Like, anywho, and then John Borg, and John Borg's good at making designs. Like, I can't remember the last crappy John Borg playfield design. Yeah, they might be similar, but they're all good. Like, I have no complaints with him. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think he knows how to make a satisfying layout, gameplay experience, but hasn't really... I think probably the last game I think that he's pushed the boundaries of his design, I really would actually be The Walking Dead. Yep, I, I agree. And... But, I mean, look at all the other games he's made, too. Metallica, Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, these are all games that when you hear them, you still think of great games. You don't think of, meh, I can live with or without. You know, I hear people talking about these games with high regard. And so I'm not too worried. I think everything will will be great. And I don't know. People talk about like dream things need to be perfect. And I, I've learned one of two things with people right now. You can either treat pinball as what it is. It's it's a fun outlet that to enjoy with your friends and family. Or two, you can treat it like fine dining. You know, you have to have the plate plates just right. You have to have the silverware just right. Yeah. You have to have the, you know, yeah. the right wine to the right food. If you're going to expect that with every pinball machine, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, correct. Correct. And there's just so much room for error when you've got such strict criteria. Yep. Let's let's move on to state finals. We just had that happen this past weekend. Um, I did. And I saw some of it as well. I was going to say, what's really good about it is there were a lot of people streaming the, the finals because they all happen at the same time, pretty much, or the same weekend. Yep. Um, and it was just good to be able to – I watched a lot of it, a lot of the action live and then catch up. Um, so, 
you know, I don't know whether you, you could link it, but there's certainly, if you go to Twitch and search SES, you'll find um, a lot of streams there. I'll have to see if we can link that. That would be awesome. Um, we, we both pulled up the list here. There's some very noticeable names on this list. <laughs> Correct. Um, Raymond Davidson, which you watched this. and I watched this. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I've just got to tell you this. This was crazy because he was up against uh, Kaylee, Kaylee George. And how it works is it's the best of seven games or first to win four games. Okay. And... I think it had been – I think Raymond was up 3-1 and then Kaylee came back and it was 3-all. And then it came down to the last game being Deadpool and Kaylee put up a very, very good score. And it was literally up to the last ball that uh, Raymond had to beat him to be able to win. And it is exactly what he did. But it was nail-biting nail-biting to watch this. Um, and and also, just in, in those seven games, you got to just watch some phenomenal gameplay, including one of the best exploits you'll find on uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, where uh, Kaylee managed to get this unlimited multi-ball jackpot harem with the princess capture thing that just, you know, pretty much broke the game. Nice. Well, and and if you've ever played competitive pinball, you always want to be the person that goes last. Like that is just the most defeating thing ever <laughs> is when you've got a score you think that's unbeatable and then the person right behind you on ball three blows it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the thing of it is what's, what's really good about watching players of this caliber is you know it does not matter how much of a lead a person's got if the number one player in the world can do it, surely the number two player in the world can also do it. Yes, very and much so agree. so nothing ever felt safe. And watching these comebacks, just clawing back, and I think he, I think he might have had 100 million on Deadpool that he needed to claw back from, which isn't a huge amount considering, you know, a, a billion game on that is very achievable. Uh, but still, it was the very last ball. It could have just drained instantly. Oh, yeah. And the pressure's on. I, I wish, I know we talk about this all the time uh, across all forms of media, but if if you could just get someone hooked on that by watching it, I mean, yeah. oh, I, I think it could it would take like wildfire. I just, mm. but I guess there's a certain understanding that, that creates quite the wall of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh. A barrier to entry? Correct. And so... <laughs> But I got you back. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So some other notables. So Keith Elwin, he managed to get through. Uh, yes. Apparently he's okay. I, I hear that. I hear he, he can hold mm. his own. <laughs> yep. But Bowen Karen Rock, rocks a great cap is what I've heard. That's what I hear too. You know what's fun? I love this. It never gets old to me. I'm sorry. People play Where's Wallow with Keith with us, and so we get pictures <laughs> of people. Like we got a picture when Indisc happened. And it, it was our friend Matt with Keith, and they're both rocking their caps. And I'm like, I just, I love it because it's still a dream to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. I know. Keith, Keith Ellen wearing our hat. So, I know. Keith Ellen wore our t shirt when he won. Um, but did you see that somebody posted a picture of me when I was streaming the other night with the loser kid cap on? 
saying that I look like Heath Owen. Yes, I did see that. And I was I was cracking up because, <laughs> well, because Ryan had posted like, that's not Keith because he's not wearing the loser kid hat. And so then they posted you and, and someone's like, now this is Keith. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what can I say? I've, I've, I've let myself go. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. <laughs> well, and I've, don't, don't. Show, sell yourself short i've played a couple of games with you and i'm like why hasn't this guy made it to to finals of you know you're, you're really good at what you do on a pinball machine so oh i'm much better at it on a stream than i am in a in a tournament that, that i can tell you well maybe that's what it was it was a casual night when we were hanging out so yeah it would have been that for sure um some other names bo and karen's got through colin urban He's the yep. one that uh, pretty much came to Australia and stole all our whoppers. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric Stone got through. Now, that was also another great one to watch. Well, and he just won Indesk, too. Indesk too mm. So that's fantastic. Yep. Um, I don't know if many people know this, but Eric is actually originally from Utah. And so we're very glad that he decided to take a job down in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> but no i didn't know this until we, we'd been doing league for a, a little while and dan newman our tournament director uh who also took utah for the finals spoiler alert alert um he he tells me he's like well you know eric right and i said yeah i you know i've heard the name and he said eric used to be here and i didn't know he played pinball the only reason i knew him is because we we're on a bowling league together <laughs> And this was back before pinball was a thing in Utah. So he's like, shortly after he moved away, we started making the pinball league. And it wasn't until I saw Eric's name winning trophies that it made me realize, holy crap, we had Eric in our in our state. We never played tournaments against him. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, he's a very good player. And yeah, you're right. He did win dis- in disc as well, which was amazing to watch. Oh, that was fantastic. Just mm. Such good content all back-to-back weekends, right? Right. And this has been the joy of my break is that I'm now a spectator. So I actually get to finally catch up on podcasts and I've been watching a lot of streaming and that is what gives me joy. Marie Kondo style. Awesome. A couple other names I want to point out really quick. We've got Trent Augustine, Jim Belsito, Robert Gagno. These are all fantastic. Andy Rosa, he won the Stern Pro Circuit last year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is my good pal Robert Byers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is a slew of people. I, I would really be... he's there as well. Yeah, I, I mean, it'd be, it'd be one thing to get into the finals, but then to face all these people, mm. you know what I mean? Yep. So, like I said, congratulations to Dan Newman. Uh, it was funny because our our friend Stephen Strom uh, moved down to Vegas, but he came up for state finals for. Because, uh, you know, he'd been competing in our league the whole last year. And his wife was nice enough to make a Mountain Dew cheesecake and then topped oh, it yum. with Dorito nacho cheesier chips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, and d- if you know Dan, Dan loves his Mountain Dew. So maybe that's, I don't know if it boosted him or if it made the rest of the competition have stomach aches and not play as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> well done dan so, whatever it was that was your secret recipe well done yep so it'll be interesting uh do we know when finals are i know that they're usually in vegas they at least have been the last couple of times 
I have a feeling that they're not in Vegas this time, but I don't know. I think your feeling is correct because I know when Keith won, he said, I'm going to Colorado. And so I think they're being held in Colorado this year. I could be entirely wrong. That sounds about right, but I don't know. It'll be great to see when uh, when finals come up. Obviously, you'll have a little time to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch a lot of it. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, I got also on my notes. Um, we've already we've already kind of talked about this, which is you know special and lit uh, this week in pinball, and you guys hanging up the reins along with Pinball Supernova and uh, the Canadian Pinball Podcast. If I remember podcast? correctly, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but the one thing I wanted to point out point out is the fans of all these podcasts <laughs> and i kind of told you yeah. about this but they're going through the five stages of grief <laughs> there's people in denial there's yep. people with anger i saw people bargaining to get po- pinball podcast back <laughs> there's some depression and there, there's there's some people accepting but <laughs> but yeah uh, the full gamut absolutely it is um but look, there are there are over twenty pinball podcasts out there. I'm sure they're still there. So, I, I look. I've been saying, and you know this because I've said this to you before. I said if you miss head to head, listen to Loser Kid because I think there's just some similarity there. So, hopefully, your listener base will triple. I, I hope know. so. That'd be awesome. <laughs> well, and the other thing I want to point out. Um, I know that you said that I can't remember if you said this on the podcast or if it was before we were recording, but you weren't burned out because of the podcast itself. It was just kind of life, you know? Yes. And correct. so, yeah. Um, but all these, all these podcasts that decided to hang up the reins were our weekly podcasts. I mean, we, I know. we really don't have a weekly podcast now, except for, uh, well, Canada. That's even more than twice weekly. But, yeah, and and I, do you know what? I, I don't know why why I'm going to make this announcement, but when I did make that announcement, Chris from Canadian Pinball Podcast did actually reach out to me and said some really really kind things, and I, I've always said that I like what he does. He pushes buttons and he gets people talking and I think that's really important it might not be for everybody not everybody's going to like his style but I think he has a place in the podcasting world and he wins the twippy for a reason he's got a very loyal following and he's doing a lot of things right so I just wanted to say that so he was he was very kind um, when he reached out to me I, I totally agree and I think I think you've hit it right on right on the nose is or right on the head is there's so much polarity around him. He must either be doing something in, entirely right or entirely wrong because people either love him or hate him. And there's no one else like that in the pinball po- podcasting world, in my opinion. So, yeah, correct. Correct. I, so, I do want to yeah. bring this up. Um, when we posted that you guys had, had hung up the reins, uh, Stephen Haberman posted this on our on our facebook page i don't know if you read this but he said you guys have been amazing for the hobby and incredible stewards for the game thank you for all the time you've dedicated to this podcast and may you all prosper in family faith fun and food and i just i don't think anyone else could have said it better because yeah because we yep. all feel that way i, I don't know except, anyone he, else. except he didn't say gin 
but I'm sure he oh, meant that as well. He mm-hmm. meant that as well, but <laughs> he was trying to keep it was all F words, so you know, family oh, food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah we did get a lot of really really good positive messages and and there was a lot of sadness and that's what happens when something that you are you know you, you enjoy comes to an end and kind of unexpected for some so yeah i understand, yeah. I understand. but i think i think the warnings not just with you i think the warning sides have been there maybe it's because we're a tight-knit community uh, i do talk to a lot of these people are my friends behind the scenes um some people have been telling me stuff behind the scenes leading up to the, with, with them shutting stuff down. And so um, it wasn't as big a shock to me. No, word gets out. I mean, people talk, so, you know, it gets around. I I really hadn't spoken to anybody about it, except people asking me whether it's going to continue. And I think my non-answers were pretty much the giveaway. Um, But I got to tell you, I was really surprised to hear about TWIP and Special Winlet. I had no idea that they were going to come to an end. You know, I'm not surprised. Okay, I'm not surprised with either. And my reason being is Zach has spread himself thin. Like, I don't know how the man yeah. does it. Yeah. Between what he did the podcast, he does he does straight down the middle, he does flipping out, he does he does all these things just for pinball alone. The man has a family with children too and a yeah, full-time true. job. So how how long can you do a weekly podcast with all the other stuff? And I think he's really pushed the boundaries on making the hobby better. And so Yeah, and and I think at that stage you make a decision that says I either stop doing what I'm doing because I'm not getting the returns or I do it bigger to get returns. Yep. Is that subtle and, enough? Yeah. I agree. And then, and then the other thing with with Ken Cromwell, you know, Bill, he had the baby. He's he's he hasn't been there as much. But what really tipped me off is if you watch the special Winlet stream, Ken had said a couple episodes back or a couple streams back that they were thinking about maybe giving up the podcast because streaming itself is so much easier to do. True. You know, you turn it on, you do your thing, you turn it off. There's no editing. There's That's no. It. Yep. You know, there's nothing. And you get to interact in real time with people. You get almost that instant buzz back versus waiting waiting a week or two for people to listen to the episode and then saying, hey, I finally heard this. And by that time, when they're reaching out to you, you're like, what did I say? Yes, <laughs> that happens all the time. But that's why I said that I, I'm going to continue streaming because exactly what you just said, and I'm going to be streaming, you know, tonight after this podcast, um, because all I've got to do is set up my cameras, turn it on, stream for three hours, turn it off, go to bed. It's There's yep. just nothing before or after I have to worry about. It's easier. It's, totally it's, it's not as many viewers. Like the, the, the amount of listeners that we had is infinitely more than the amount of streaming. But it's what gives you joy. And you're right. Interacting with all these people on Melbourne Silver Bowl is just so much fun for me. I totally agree. And I wish I could stay up later. You guys like stream at midnight my time. And so I always wake up on on Wednesday morning, whatever it is, and it says Melbourne Silverball is live. And I'm like, no, they're not. It's six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're already done. There's this, there's this magical moment in the year, and I can't remember what it is, but I think it's around about 
April where our daylight savings just both change. And so that would be 10 o'clock your time. Okay. Something like that. I can't remember what it is, but there's some weird, and it only lasts for about two weeks, I think. Well, I can't wait for that. You you guys are going to have to stream every night then. Yep. It's like a summer solstice <laughs> or something, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. So, so there you go. Awesome. So we're, we're excited. Uh, you know, you've told us you've got stuff coming in the pipeline. I know a lot of people, it, um, a lot of people have heard stuff. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but I don't think we'll have to wait long. So I don't think you're going to have to wait long at all. I, I really think we're excited for whatever's coming around the corner. So yeah, I am. Well, since you're on, I wanted to do one thing while you're here. Because uh, this, I wanted to go over some of the memories, but one of the things I remember most about the Head to Head Pinball podcast was the slam at the top 100. <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever got to take you on at this. I know we took on Scott last time you were on, or I took right, on Scott. Right, that's correct. Okay. And so I, I would like to do this, and then I want you to t- tell us some of your favorite memories of Head to Head because okay, for sure, there, there's a lot of stuff we don't get to see behind the scenes. There's, like you said, there's a lot of effort that's put into this, and so it's really cool to kind of get a behind the scenes. And so I, th- yep, okay. I, I think people would appreciate that. So yeah, um, easy. Well, if you'll do the honors with Google, I've got pen okay. pulled up. Okay. Oh, I need to get this already. Since you're the guest on the podcast, I will let you go first, even though you're oh. more well-rehearsed than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've not done this for a very long time. Okay, where is assistant? Here we go. Hey, Google, pick a number between 1 and 100. Nah. I just said 12. I was like, what the? It did. Now, you can pick 12 or 88. What I forgot is I've got Google in every room in this, and I've got, I'm, I've got a three-story townhouse, so there's a Google box in every one. So my phone said 88, but my Google Home device said 12. Hmm. Do I want you to have – well, uh, do, do I pick first or do you want to pick first? Uh, so let's have a look at the diff- the two that we've got on offer. We've got, we've got Am's Family versus Pinbot. <laughs> Up to you. Well, let's go with this. Um, and I will take, I will take Pinbot, even though I don't think I've honestly ever played Pinbot. <laughs> okay. I've played Jackbot and I've played Bride. I just don't know if I ever laid my hands on a Pinbot. <laughs> have you played Adam's Family? Oh, yes. I owned one for about six months. Well, then you take Adam's family and I'll take Pinbot. Okay. Sounds good. And, and I go first, don't I? Yes. Since you have the lower number, you go first. Let's, let's, let's explain the rules really quick for those that may have not listened to the earlier head-to-head stuff. Um, so we're going to do two rounds, correct? Correct. So the first round, you must talk about your own machine, and then the second round, you can either talk about your machine again or you can bash the other machine. And then we will send the information to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast Facebook page for the listeners to then decide who is the winner of slamming the top 100. Yeah, that's how it works. 
Yes. <laughs> and, so. and usually the better gift w- wins. So Usually. so Yeah. I mean, I'll we're talking you- 88 versus 12, so it's going to be a tough one. Hey, I gave Scott the better gif for the last time we did this, and he did not win. So Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Pinbot. The first thing I'll say about Pinbot is dream team. It's not dream theme, dream team. The whole concept was put together by Python Angelo. Uh, he's awesome. And then the actual machine itself was designed by uh, Barry Ausler, who we know has done some phenomenal games. But the real ace in the hole here is the music and the sound, which is Chris Granner, whom, side note, we had on Head to Head, who's amazing. And what you've actually hey, 30 got seconds. is... 30 seconds. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> That's it. Wow. Dream theme. Dream team. Dream team. Is all okay. I've got. <laughs> all righty. You tell me when. Oh, okay. Am I going to do the timer or are you? Oh, I can do the timer. That's no biggie. I okay. will start now. So the Adams family. This is the holy grail of almost every pinball player out there. I mean, really, it's Pat Lawler. It's the design that sold over 24,000 units and went on to sell even more as a limited edition machine between the magnets that trick you into being complacent and then have to save yourself to the wonderful, uh, I, I don't, I'm out of time. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful game. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know how you and Ryan did this every, every week. <laughs> Well, it, the, obviously, they just became more and more ridiculous over time. <laughs> so, it was all about just making it fun, really. Um, yes. So, it, it, yeah, it got much harder towards the end when we started going down to the 200 as well because Ryan didn't know a lot of those. So, there was, there was a site. Well, I remember there at the end, he was reading a lot of flyers. <laughs> oh, no, that was me. Oh, no, oh, that's okay. right. Towards the end, he was as well because yes. he just didn't know any. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, are you going to decide to either pump your machine or you're going to try to bash the Adams family? So let me talk about Adams family. It is the highest selling pinball machine of all time. But, you know, Britney Spears has also sold a lot of records. It doesn't mean <laughs> that her music is good, does it? And I think Adams family is one of the most, if not the most overrated game it's pat lawler which i can't stand his games and that layout is is stupid and it's just ramp scoop ramp scoop ramp scoop there you go two of the mansion whatever boring (laughs) perfect that was 30 seconds (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm i'm going after pinbot even though yeah i'm going after it so you you better hold on to your britches (laughs) oh here we go (laughs) All right, Pinbot. Obviously a turd of a game, and I'll explain to you why. This game was recreated three different times, and why? Like, why Why did we need a Jackbot and a Bride of Pinbot? Like, obviously the Bride of Pinbot is not the same layout, but Jackbot is. And what are you hitting? A couple bank of targets so you can stick some balls in this dude's eye? Like, it's not... <laughs> it's not fantastic by any means just just not a great game and family's better (laughs) that's my 30 seconds yeah fair enough okay 
And you guys always reserved your opinion for later on these games because you didn't want it to affect... No, well, I can tell you now, I cannot stand Adam's family. I have been on record many, many times. I I know that. And it took me... So I I bought it because of the fact that it was Adam's family. And Mm. I'm kind of right there with you. I'm not going to lie. Like... I might put a couple quarters in it if I'm in the arcade and I've kind of played everything else. But other than that, I don't know if I'd ever own it again. So it was nice while it lasted. We'll put it that way. Mm. Yeah, so. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh, look, and I, I get that people love it. Well, and I think, do you want to buy a $6,000 Adam's Family, depending on condition, or do you want to buy a $6,000 Jurassic Park from Stern? I just... Yeah. I, I think I look from kind of the collector slash buying perspective. And so I feel like I can get more for the money of an Adams family with newer machines. So mm-hmm. okay. that's how I compare. Right. And, and it's funny because we had, we had a couple in, in my town that wanted a pinball machine. They said, Hey Josh, I saw you're getting ready to sell your Adams family. What are you going to sell it for? And I said, well, list price is 6,000 or it was like 5,800 or whatever it was. And I, 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 they wouldn't even let me finish my train of what I was going to say. They're like, nope, not for us. <laughs> Which was funny because she said this was her holy grail pin. <laughs> so I'm like, right. mm, I guess obviously it's not that much of a grail if you're... <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow. Yeah. We got some minutes left. I, I want to know some of your favorite memories. I want to give you some of mine of Head to Head. Um, look... Obviously, the the fondest memories I have are with my co-host. So, so Ryan C and I, um, you know, decided to do this podcast just because we met each other. I think it was the second time we met each other. I was buying some mirror blades off him. We talked for an hour when I was I was trying to leave, but I was just having such a great conversation. And two days later, I went, "Hey, now that Pinheads has gone, let's do a podcast." And he's like, "Yeah, absolutely." And it, what I really enjoyed was just how our friendship grew over that time and the amount of laughs that we had but, but really i think for me uh the, the highlights came from the people that we spoke to and really some of the key interviews that we did um keith owen we interviewed him twice and he was amazing both times uh chris Granner, i mentioned before I, I say that that was my favorite interview that we did we just didn't know where it was going to go, but his enthusiasm and his connection to us and what we were saying just made this really cohesive, free-flowing conversation that just had laughs, it had new information. It was just, you know, it was awesome. Um, One of the other ones was when I got to do an interview with uh, Gary Stern because – uh, you know, Gary likes to give pretty much stock standard PR answers to a lot of questions. And the interview started that way. But then when I started talking to him about uh, business models and manufacturing and really sort of getting to the not even talking about themes or pinballs or it was more so sort of about running a business and what his involvement is, he sort of just really peaked and just started just giving all this really great information and it was such a nice surprise and then you know when I finished the interview I thought oh my god 
I've just interviewed Gary Stern. That was really cool. <laughs> uh, you know, but I also then got to do things like um, a tour of the Stern factory with Zach Sharp. That was amazing. I got to go to um, Jersey Jack's factory and do a, a tour there. I got to go to all these different shows. I think, you know, one of the other highlights was getting absolutely hammered in a hotel room at uh, TPF with some crazy people. Uh, that was lots of fun. Um, Pinside Petey, always showing his face on our show, being very abusive, was always uh, a highlight. Um, yeah, I, I think that's off the top of my head. I really <laughs> should have probably put more thought into it. But they're the things that come to my mind when I look back and I think of all the things that we achieved. And certainly 2018 was a massive massive year as far as interviews go oh I, I totally agree and and i remember as you're talking about this i just i remember these interviews i love the chris graner uh interview uh one of my favorites was the roger sharp and it was because yes. he, he's like we got him talking and he wouldn't stop and so we're cutting this into two pieces because <laughs> it was well, just... i well not only that what actually happened was uh, I think it was probably about nearly two hours into the interview. I went and g- went and got my hair cut and came back and it was still going. <laughs> that is awesome. It was hilarious. Um, another is hilarious. one, Joe Kamenkow, he was also really good to, to speak to. He was just very mm-hmm. knowledgeable. We got a lot of information about the Data East days that, um, you know, I hadn't really heard that much about. So that was good. Well, and, when I think of head to head, I just, there, there's a lot of podcasts out there that take themselves very seriously. <laughs> and there was that to a point with you guys, but the shenanigans is just what I remember <laughs> yes. calling Chris Franchi at what, four in the morning. I know. At, and, and be like, what, what is going on? Why are you calling me? You know, <laughs> And just, just stuff like that. Just the, the banter between you and Ryan and, you know, just hearing you and Joe's voice every week, I think it's something that we we've come to appreciate. My earliest memory of you guys is just listening to the Slam the Top 100. Um, there was right, an episode okay. where you where you guys were like, "Which ones have we done? Have we have we done these ones? Have we not done these ones?" And you and Ryan are like, "We should really keep a list of this." And I was just like, <laughs> "Oh, was that you that you set the list?" Yeah, and so I was like, "Well, that would be easy because." You just run through the Facebook page in less than five minutes. You'll be you'll, you got it. And so I sent it over, and, and you guys were like, how did you do this so quick? And I was like, just looked at the Facebook page. Like it wasn't <laughs> too big of a but, deal. But that's that's the spirit of head to head was that we would record. We would would obviously you've seen our show notes, so you know how thorough they can be. But it yeah. was still just a guideline, and the point of the podcast was to just make each other laugh. That's what the, yep. the point of it was. And then the second half of it, I guess the Joe years, was more to educate, I think is probably the best way to do it. And we also had some laughs as well. But, you know, just uh, during the week leading up to recording with Ryan, he would spend most of his time trying to come up with some way to make me laugh. That's all he'd do. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was good fun. And well, and it came through. It came through the podcast. And I think that's what people loved about it. Is it felt so genuine? It was. It wasn't just information being spot, you know, spouted out. It wasn't just a, a weekly rundown of of the news. It was 
watching a friendship unfold on a podcast. That's what happened. And, yeah. And feel like we were a part of it. Like it was like being in the room with you guys and just, just having fun. And so, yeah. I don't know. I, I appreciate the two and a half years you guys have put into this. I know I wasn't there since day one, but I know I was pretty dang close. And if it wasn't for you guys, if it wasn't for uh, the pinball podcast, I wouldn't be where I am in the hobby now. Um, I've been in the hobby for six, seven years now, but I really didn't take the dive until I started finding podcasts. And between you and, and Jeff, it just, that's what got me to love the hobby even more. And so, yeah, thank you. Uh, you're and, welcome. And I will say that the, of all, some of the notes that people had messaged, and I was quite surprised to hear this. People were saying, you were the person that got me into pinball. It's like, what? How is that even possible? But that's kind of what happened. And we we did that to try and grow the Australian market, but this is what was happening internationally. So if if there is some, and I would humbly say a small part that we've played in that, then that's great. But we are part of a community of content providers. And I guess my parting comment I would say is – and I know people aren't going to take this necessarily the way I want them to, but just be be thankful to the people that are taking time out of their day to do this for absolutely no gain. And, and, and I say that because there's some things that we did in the podcast just for shits and giggles, and it got turned around and twisted, and then we got you know, slammed for this and then people were bringing up all these conspiracy theories and we were just scratching our heads just thinking all we're doing is turning the microphones on, talking for a couple of hours, putting it up and it gets turned into something negative. That's not what podcasting is about. All And I know Loser Kid are doing the same thing. You're doing it because you love pinball and you want to spread the word of pinball. So, People out there that are listening to podcasts really, you know, cherish what you get from these podcasts because there's a lot of effort that goes into it for really no gain. Well, you never know when they're going to shut down. So <laughs> and there's that too. So uh, one last thing, you, you, the sunsets on the horizon, you guys are riding off as head to head into the sunset. Is there any advice that you have for new podcasts coming in to the pinball realm? Yeah, really, it is don't think about what you think the, the audience wants. Be genuine. Have a good time. Do it for the love of what you do. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't matter as long as you get joy out of doing it. That's what's important. I totally agree. You know what, Martin? I really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I know people have said don't like meet your heroes I know it's kind of silly. To, it's silly to say, but I just appreciate not only head to head, but we've gained a friendship over this sure. over Loser Kid. You know, even before that, I I think you can tell when someone's being genuine, and I've always appreciated that about about you and Ryan. You know, um, I think a lot of people can say that. I don't know if it's, it's, I doubt it's just me. I doubt you guys were just nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we can be horrible too, but we, for the most part, we're good people. But my point being is, is, is there, I've brushed shoulders with a lot of people in this hobby and you can tell when people are doing it 
for the love of it. And you can tell when people are doing it for, uh, let's say, ulterior motives. Sure. And and I've always appreciated that you've you've been upfront and honest. And so I'm going to leave it at that before I <laughs> before I get myself in trouble. <laughs> Oh, good man. And I really appreciate all your support. And I still don't forget the fact that you drove how many, two and a half hours just to meet me in Salt Lake City. That's not forgotten. It was three, but, well, you know, who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> Let's round it up. Sure. Three hours. <laughs> that that kind of stuff. I don't forget things like that. That was really cool. But it, it was a fun night. It was even my brother-in-law really that I brought with me that doesn't even play pinball was like, we've got to do that again. That was fantastic. Martin was awesome. And I said, well, next time he's in Utah, let's go do it. So (laughs) for sure, which who knows when that will be, but who knows? Yeah. And that's people have been asking me, are you going to Indisc? Are you going to TPF? Are you going to Pinburg? Are you going to Expo? No plans this year. I think 2021, you'll see me again. We talk about, we had convinced Joe that Robert Mueller had paid for your airplane and your hotel and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, fun times we'll Joe always have the, those moments yeah he, won't, he wasn't happy with us <laughs> no not at all <laughs> but well this is the end of the show where i ask you where to find you i don't know if you're gonna tell us where to find you besides me your stream uh, well i'll leave it up to you where if we want to get a hold of you martin how do you want us to get a hold of you <laughs> uh you can get a hold of me at melbourne silverball so that's twitch.tv slash melbourne silverball i stream wednesday nights and sunday nights here in australia which is i have no idea what time that is in the rest of the world um and very likely you'll hear from me again soon awesome so for americans that's 11 pacific and that would be let's see two o'clock in the morning eastern time so yep yep but it, but if you're, if you're streaming on sunday your sunday it would be saturday for us so order Correct. a pizza stay up late and have some fun with marty <laughs> yeah exactly so, if you want to we'll find us together yeah why not it's so um if you want to find us uh loser kid pinball podcast uh at gmail.com you can email us there you can get a hold of us via Facebook. Just type in Loser Kid Pinball Podcast or on Instagram or wherever. You know, we're, we're pretty much <laughs> on any platform at this point. Uh, and also, yeah, I don't want to tell it how to end it at this point because I don't want to say goodbye, Martin. I don't think any of us want to say goodbye. No, but- well, I, I, I can tell you now, this probably won't be the last time that I'll be on the Loser Kid Podcast. So there's that. There is that. Oh, well, you're always welcome back on. We're excited for... We've got some more guests that people get excited for coming back on. Uh, we got a lot. Well, we've got a lot going on, so I don't think you'll yeah. hear. Yeah, you guys are great. I really, really, really like your podcast. So, well, that's what's funny is we had people reach out to us and please don't tell us you're quitting. I didn't know you guys cared. <laughs> <laughs> people care. They really do. They do. So, uh, thanks, thanks, Martin. <laughs>